I did not think we would be running the whole way. How else are we gonna get there? It was my assumption that you had the ability to fly. You know humans can't do that, right? It is amazing that you are never late. You are a true hero. Really? You're kidding. I hardly ever arrive on time. Welcome to Tuning Japanese, a podcast where three dudes in their 30s talk about anime. He's a lowbrow simian. It's Bill. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And he really didn't think this one through. It's Andy. Do I ever think it through? No, not really. That's true. We wouldn't be doing this. And it's me just trying to sound cool. I'm Thurk. Thurk? Yeah, Thurk's here again. Hey, Thurk back in the studio. And he uh, machine gun blows, it's not Josh. Oh. Oh. Sadness. He's cloning himself in mass, probably. Oh, no. That, that, that's a low machine gun blow. Oh, boy. Uh, thank you for the, all that. Uh, hey, guys. Hey. Making, making knuckle clones. Oh. Oh, jeez. My goodness. We're back with another episode of Tuning Japanese, where we're once again hanging out and talking about One Punch Man, Season 5. So many seasons. Season one of One Punch Man. Well, season one. Okay, but season five of our show, season one of this show. Is this season five already? Oh, this is season five already. Yep. Wow. Yeah. I haven't edited episodes since, like, season two. I know you have. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for rubbing it in, douche. Uh, we are going to talk about episode three today. Uh, the Obsessive Scientist. He doesn't trust me with that power. No. I wouldn't either. No, it's no. by fair. I think I trust, the only person I trust least less than you is Josh. It would just be Josh for ten minutes and all of us cut out. Before we get into this episode, shall we talk about some nerd news? You can do nerd news. I'll start, if you want. No. Sure. Oh, you don't want oh. me to? I don't care. Okay, fair. <laughs> some sad news to get started here, so we'll start on a downer note. A voice actress, Russie Taylor, passed away today at the age of 75. You would best know Taylor and her work, her voice work specifically, from the Walt Disney Company, and her work with the character of Minnie Mouse. Oh, okay. She voiced Minnie Mouse for about 30 years. Uh, the reason I bring it up here is, obviously, her work has extended beyond Minnie, into the realms of video games and even anime. She obviously played the role of Minnie in several of the Kingdom's Hearts games mm-hmm. for the series. Also uh, played some other iconic American characters, like Huey, Dewey, and Louie in the DuckTales animated series. Okay. Uh, as well as Nurse Mouse on The Rescuers Down Under. And she was on The Simpsons. She plays Martin Prince, Sherry, and Terry. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. So those those are some important characters. To... Simpsons are going to have to just stop soon, because they're going to run out of voice actors They really soon. are. That's what happens when your cartoon show is 375 years old. <laughs> yeah, uh, completely. Uh, in the world of anime, she uh, was on Shin-Chan. The Americanized uh, dub version of Shin-Chan, voicing Daisy Nohara, uh, which I believe is the youngest daughter. Um, I can't remember exactly. I could not get into uh, that show. <laughs> I love that show so much. Max, and then also Shin's grandma uh, from Shin-Chan. Uh, she was on the movie Pompoko as Otama, and then also played a couple of roles in Tales from Earthsea. So, big loss to the voice community, uh, both for the American and the anime community there, unfortunately. so Yeah, that's that's kind of sad. Right, I mean, you get a character like Minnie Mouse, that's kind of your legacy no matter what. I mean, that's, right. huge. that's huge right in its own right. Absolutely. Uh, for over 30 years taking on that role, that's that's pretty crazy to think. And I'm sure for about that long in The Simpsons as well, like 20-some years for yeah, The Simpsons. I think Simpsons is coming up on 30 years, I think. Yeah, so a very tragic sort of end to a great career. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what I brought this week. Sorry to start off with Downer. That's right. I'm going to keep the Downers going. Oh, boy. All right. Go ahead, um, Thurk. There was a another tragic loss in the video gaming community. A famous StarCraft player, Jeff Robinson, known as his, uh, from his gamer tag, In Control, passed away on the 20th at the age of 33. 33? What was, what was the deal? He died of a sudden illness. That's all that uh, I could find as far as the details, but... Uh, 
he streamed uh, Dungeons and Dragons games and was really popular for his strategy games. He was a professional StarCraft player for many years and uh, esports commentator. So, uh, I mean, I was a, a semi fan, I suppose you could mm-hmm. say. Like, it kind of hit me because I mean, he's younger than we are. And it's true. The sudden illness just took him away, just like that. Nobody who knew he was sick. And That's crazy. It was a uh, that was sad. It was really sad. Yeah, I, I don't know much about him personally. I'll have to look up some information on him um, later after we're done streaming. But yeah, I mean, as someone who works, you know, regionally, locally, as part of like building esports, that's uh, that is a tragic loss. Whenever someone who's so influential passes away. Yeah, he was he was there from uh, from the ground really. I mean, he used to play uh, the original Star Wars and the Brood War. Back Starcraft. When, Starcraft. Excuse me, not Star Wars. Matt. Uh, so yeah, he used to play. The original StarCraft and uh, the Brood War expansion professionally mm-hmm. back when they were in their heyday, and he's been part of it ever since. So, And that was a long time ago before esports was really a big thing. It was. Like, StarCraft, in my opinion, is what really blew up esports to begin with. It's uh, definitely what started it, I think, in a lot of ways. That and Quake and... Right, right. Uh, people started watching back then, mm-hmm. which was early 2000s-ish. Right. So, that's another big loss for the nerd community right there. Hey, Bill, what kind of depressing news do you have for us? <laughs> Uh, Unicron's only up to like two thousand backers. Oh. Yeah, it's got a month left. Oh, how how so how much money is that ish? Do you remember? It's about six hundred dollars a piece. Okay, and how much did they need? How many backers did they need? Eight thousand. Eight thousand backers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't now, think this new Unicron's gonna be. They've gonna been go. getting like around. You know, every time I check, every couple of days, you know, they jump about five hundred. But uh, that pool of people that are willing has got to be. I imagine thin. that there's not that many people out there. Like, you're going to hit a, a ceiling at some point. Right. I mean, I want one. But? But how many people want one and how many people can afford to drop a house payment? Yeah. Right. Right, that's a that's a big investment. For... In, in a month. Right. A month and a half. Yeah, is that the only... Did they say that that's the only run they're going to do just those people that pre-order? Uh, yeah, yeah. So if they're smart... Not smart. That's not the right word. If people wanted to, they could get in on this and then just hold on to it and sell it down the road and make, like, three a, times. A bajillion it, it crossed my mind in discussion that yeah. I mean, the resale value of it would be pretty substantial. monumental. Yeah. And it got brought to me that you would never resell it. And I was like, well, I wouldn't, but I'd buy two of them. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, forget that. Yeah. Well, then selling the second one would pay for the first one. Yeah. Eventually. Been, eventually. You'd have to wait a while. Yeah. But I would have to have the capital available to do that. Right. Outright. That's a big investment yeah. to start off with. It's it's too big of an investment, honestly, um, for something like a, a collectible like that. And I, I just don't understand the price of it in general. Cause it, no. I mean, it's big. Yeah. Yes, it took a lot of engineering. I don't think it took any more engineering, really, than any of the other Titan classes, at least, mm-hmm. you know? It's nostalgia. And, that's how and it's only, you mm-hmm. know, a couple times the plastic used. And the, this Unicron is uh, a whole head taller than the... What's the other guy's name? The base. Fortress Maximus. Fortress Maximus, right? A head and shoulders and some chest. I mean, it. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, I saw the scale comparison. It was significantly larger. Yes. And that Fortress Maximus is three feet tall, maybe? 20. 28, 29 inches at least. Ah, uh, I. Right? <laughs> Pulling up the stats. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In his immense robot mode, this version of Unicron will be over 27 inches tall. And it has more than 50 points of articulation. That's extremely large for a transforming robot. Yes. I think uh, I think Fortress Maximus is 23. Okay. When you hear that, it doesn't sound but, ridiculously huge. But when you compare that to what you would think of as, quote, a standard size transformer, which is 7 or 8 inches tall. Yeah. That's that's huge for a toy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's really, really, really big. So we'll see uh, how they manage by the end of the month if they'll hit that goal or not. Um, I'm not hopeful. Yeah, I'm not either. Like yeah. I said, it, I gotta think, man. It's you're. Get, it seems like it's slowing down on the build on the mm-hmm. the buy-ins. The only other Hasbro news that came out is the San Diego Comic Con um, Armored Red and Gold two pack. Uh, they're saying that that will be available on Hasbro Plus here in, in about a month or so. I assume so. So this I assume that would be one that they would see a wider release. Could people want Zeo Gold? They want Armored Red. So. I don't really know much about either. I mean, I don't red, obviously, but I don't know much of this gold thing or what it represents or whatever, why it's so sought after, but... It's Jason. 
Oh, I know that, but I don't know, like, what the... I've seen Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, but I've never seen him in a gold outfit, so I don't really know, like, the story behind that, so... Oh. So, I... It's Jason. People want Jason. Right. Well, he's the longest character in the game, or movie show. Well, no, whatever. Tommy would be the longest character. Oh, right. Right. Jason's the original Red Ranger. <laughs> yes, but he was... He had a long gap before he, did. he came back, and then he when did. he came back, it was a huge deal, so... Right. And it was kind of neat that they changed spots, because instead of Jason being the Red Ranger and Tommy coming in as the Sixth Ranger... At this point, Tommy was the Red Zeal Ranger, and Jason came back as the mm-hmm. the superpowered Sixth Ranger. Yeah, that was that was fun. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know any of that, but well, you, just hearing that alone, just hearing that alone that. makes sense to me. Yeah, like why it's probably sought after. Also, that big crazy pyramid thing was his Zord. Wow, giant hunk. That's probably bigger than Unicron. No, not <laughs> no, even close. You don't think so? No, oh, I, okay. I know so. Unicron's bigger than Fortress Maximus. Fortress Maximus is squatting on a shelf in there. Okay, that's fair. That same size shelf, because mm-hmm. I have the same shelving all around, mm-hmm. easily holds uh, Pyramider in his in robot mode, mm-hmm. warrior mode. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have another bit of nerd news there, Andy? No, I don't. I'm just ready to get in this episode. I don't know what you guys think. Should we get I, in the I episode? Have, I have one more thing I'd like to talk sure. about. Sure, talk about it. So, uh, talk. I have a, a pet board game that I've gotten you guys played a couple times. Uh, which one? Dice Throne. Oh, yes, that one, yeah. yeah. So, uh... Dice Throne is coming out with a new cooperative mode. Ooh. Uh, the Kickstarter started 11 days ago. I'm looking uh-huh. at the stats right now. Oh, look, the, the money's going up as, I, as I'm watching. Mm-hmm. Their goal was to raise $80,000 to kickstart this cooperative mode uh-huh. for Dice Throne. Oh, God. Within minutes. Within they that, minutes. They that goal. They surpassed it by more than four times. Jesus Christ. Wow. Currently, the number of... Number of dollars raised for mm-hmm. Dice Throne US dollars. U.S. dollars. One million, one hundred and twelve thousand dollars, six hundred and thirteen. Okay, so, is Dice Throne's local? Because, like, the way that you, the way that it's, like, been presented by you and people around this community, it's either just really big everywhere, or, like, it was started somewhere close to home. Um, as far as I know, uh, I believe, uh, Manny and Nate, who are the two guys that really started it, there are other people involved with the project now, obviously. Um, I believe they're local to the Portland, Oregon area. Oh, okay. But don't quote me on that. Sorry, Manny and Nate, if I'm getting all your details wrong. <laughs> but uh, there's a thriving community on uh, Facebook and Twitter that everybody seems to love this game. It's really simple, easy to pick up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not super expensive like some of those other big box games. You can pick up one pack of this game for $20 that contains two champions. And you can just play with those characters. And you can play with just those two heroes, and that's... That's your game. That's your whole game. It's super easy to play. It's a mix between, like, uh, a small amount of Magic the Gathering with some Yahtzee, and it's two heroes just duking it out one-on-one, or the multiplayer variants, which are also fun. But I'm super excited for this co-op mode, which Mm -hmm. leads you through a dungeon, you collect loot, and then you fight a final boss. So Nice. Using those same heroes that you could already own. That's awesome. It is exceedingly rare for me to find a board game that I love that much that mm-hmm. also has the community to back it up. Mm-hmm. So did you back this project? Uh, I have not yet, but that's uh, purely uh, financial situations at home right now are kind of tight, so I haven't been able to... I assume the... this will get a wider release and like soon enough anyway. Well, so. sure. Uh, the production it probably won't be released until next year anyway, because oh, okay. it's just, just now in the Kickstarter phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have prototypes out there that they've been... Mm-hmm. Uh, Working with. Yeah, they've been demoing it at like packs and stuff. I'm sure there'll be a Gen Con this year. Um, I don't know if they're going to have an official presence at Gen Con or not. I can't remember if they said so. But I'm, there there are going to be unofficial people there at Gen Con mm-hmm. demoing stuff. So When this comes out, I'll have already been at Gen Con, so expect a bonus episode or nerd news at some point, me talking about Gen Con as well, I guess. That could right? be a bonus episode for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we need to get to episode three of One Punch Man Season 1, The Obsessive Scientist. I'm, I'm, I'm sensing, like, a, a naming convention here with these episode titles. They're all, all based around the character, the, like the title character yep. from the episode. Uh, I will start by saying, this one threw me for a loop again. I, I thought I had everything <laughs> figured out. This is going to be the big bad that they're going to build up. Spoilers. Not the case. <laughs> so we begin. With the backstory, surprising, of a brilliant young scientist. Uh, it's being told over the still shots uh, and, and the occasional animated bits. But it's um, all kind of sepia-toned. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, it's you know... Out and... Yeah, very much, you know, sort of like 
nostalgic going back in time. Right. We saw a lot of that in Trigun. Uh-huh. Um, you know, where they get we get our giant info dumps and we'd see like still shots of like the townspeople and the things going on for that episode. Right. It's obviously a, a flashback or a story being told. Yes, it's not flashback not current action. Yes. He, we get this, these images of this young scientist who has made, quote, significant, who has made, quote, significant contributions to human knowledge, which I love how vague they are. Right. <laughs> right. They're just like, he did stuff. He's so important. Yep. So we get a number of different, like, articles and what almost look like trophies or something that he's won for his research, maybe. Scientific reward. Awards. Essentially. Uh, But despite his intelligence, despite his diligence and his hard work, he has been ignored by his contemporaries. That's what I want to point out. Because it's kind of weird because they said that he had all his recognition, but he's angry about being ignored. And I was like, well, no, he's been recognized. So really, what I think that's a translation problem, though. Yeah, Because I think what it really amounts to is... I kind of thought the same thing, honestly. Everybody told him, yeah, what you're saying is right and smart, but, like, ethically, no, we can't do that. Yeah. Yeah, we can't possibly do this. Yeah, we can't let you do that. Mm -hmm. Right. So what is his study? His study is the advancement of human genetics. That that, that means he's evil, right? Always is. Yeah, anybody studying genetics in anime is evil. That's just the way it goes. Yeah, I mean, that's... It's pretty accurate. Uh, the doctor that, that built- that's because the not evil ones are just like trying to cure cancer in the background, and they don't like create <laughs> super villains. Right, it's true. Uh, they, they don't have a logo. Yeah, it's not like umbrella progenics or something. Right. Uh, the doctor belittles other scientists, saying that science needs to take risks. You have to take risks when you're doing science, and they show like the man on the moon and and all these other. The things. lander's all smashed to pieces. It was. That, <laughs> that I was noticed great. that too. That was pretty darn good. Uh, and this has caused him to become disillusioned. He says. Well, he doesn't say. We're going to find out who's saying this. Right, uh, right. In just a little bit. So, we see a placard. Uh, apparently, this is Genus? Not to be confused with Genos, by the way. Or Genius. Yeah. Which, that bothered me all episode. That bothered you? Yeah, this, bo- this bothered me all episode. Like, here's this villain called Genus, but then we've got a good guy named Genos... And I'm like, you couldn't come up with a slightly different name. And then it made me think of, like, conspiracy theories in my head. I'm like, what if they're connected? What if he is, like, a cyborg? Because he's building cyborgs built by this dude. But then we see in episode four, like, crazy hair doctor man. So, like, I don't know what's going on with Genos. <laughs> I have no idea. We'll get there next episode. Uh, he, when he turns 70, he finally finds his breakthrough. And he, first of all, regains his youth. Second of all, clones himself. Third of all, creates an evil laboratory uh, and building called the House of Evolution. It's probably the right order to do those things then. Probably right, true. Right. You, you wouldn't want to clone yourself at 70. That's... You, you, don't want a, <laughs> you don't want a bunch of 70-year-olds. They can't build a House of Evolution. Harumph, harumph. <laughs> get a harumph out of that guy. <laughs> so this story is interrupted by Saitama, who, as you remember from last time, was pumping the gorilla for information about who sent him. You're not doing phrasing? <laughs> Stop it. Um... <laughs> He says, I was enough. excited until you stopped with the, you know, after pumping the gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> it's a euphemism, I think. Uh, he says, enough jibber jabber. Just get to the point, okay? I don't know for what. Uh, I don't, don't, don't Google that. Save <laughs> no. search on. Yep. No. <laughs> Just stay away from that one. Don't search that at the library. No. No. Maybe that's the, pl- the safest place to search that, actually. The <laughs> right. government's not going to know who you are. Uh, so when Genos tells the simian to summarize his words in 20 minutes or less... 20 words or less. Uh, 20, what did I say, 20 minutes? Yeah. yeah. 20 yeah. words or less, rather. It's a whole episode. It's a long episode. Uh, well, that would be an episode of Dragon Ball Z. Oh, no. Uh, he apologizes, and then apparently does so, because we cut to the theme song. Hey, Thurk! Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the theme song? I was actually going to comment that I kind of dig it. Like, it doesn't have, like, the cool folksy sound that, uh... The theme song for, uh, what was that other show that you Wolf did? Wolfstrain? Yeah, that one. Yeah. It's the best theme song in the world. It's 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 up there, but I like this one. It's kind of uh, 80s rockish a little bit. Like, it's got guitar riffs in it, right? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I dug it. I yeah. dug it. Yeah. It, it's, it's not a bad, it's not a bad song. Right. It's honestly. a good song to have in the background while you're working. Yeah. Or reading the credits. Absolutely. Because, you know, I can read Japanese. That's... <laughs> So can I. Absolutely not. So we cut back after the theme song. The gorilla sums up that his boss is interested in knowing how Saitama got so strong, to which he replies that he isn't interested in dudes. No, no, actually what he says is, 
He wants to investigate you and your body. Oh, you're right. Yeah. That yeah. is that is the phrase. That is the phrase. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. And he replies with, "I don't. I'm not no, into guys. Sorry, I'm not in, not into dudes. <laughs> yeah. Um, it gives me like really strong flashbacks to Vash when he fights the the one dude in the episode with the the woman who's using him as a bodyguard. And, like, he sneaks into the bedroom and tries to, like, slash him with his, like, blade arms. And he's like, I don't sleep with men. Even ones as as as, as cute as you or whatever he says. Right. It totally reminds me of that moment. Uh, Gino says, no, you idiot. <laughs> That's <laughs> and, not... And see, that moment gave me a little bit of... Again, that was kind of a knee-jerk thing of, like... Uh-huh. Like, oh, he's not the dude. Like, like, but then you think about it, he's like, well, he didn't really say anything offensive. Yeah. Like, the humor is just that he was oblivious to what was being said. Right. Right. No, I, and again, it's one of those things where I didn't take offense as, as the, the, the audience that might take offense right, or something like right. that. Right. Well, my, my knee jerk thought was just like, oh, wait. And I was like, oh, wait. Nothing actually bad was said. Yeah. Yeah. It really wasn't that bad. He says and tells Saitama that he wants to use him in his evolutionary research because he's so strong. He has gone be- above and beyond human capacity. Uh, they both decide that, well, we better just go attack the doctor. Because yeah, this isn't going to stop. No. They're going to send more robots after us. Right. And when Saitama leaves right away, Genos is more than surprised. But we find out that they need to go now because there's a sale at the grocery store tomorrow. And he can't go tomorrow. Right, right. He so has to go to the grocery now. store. It's got to be now. He's, he wants those two-for-one bananas. <laughs> Who doesn't? Uh, so I like the girl I had the... Uh, he used a sagittal crest to hide a satellite dish, too. Yeah, like yes. a radio antenna. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah, because that was the moment where they leave and the monkey's head just opens up and that, yeah, just <laughs> just spinning around the little transmitter in a circle. But he has to close his head, which is a sentence that I just I've never <laughs> said before, uh, when Genos returns to, again, try to get more information from him, asking how many creations the Doctor has made and their connections to the destructions of other towns. Well, it was specifically, you know, have you been making cyborgs for more than four years? Very specific. Have they ever destroyed a town? <laughs> Very specific. Yeah. To which the gorilla says, no, I'm the only soldier. I'm the only combat cyborg. Yeah. Which I don't know is true. I'm pretty sure it's false. He might be the only combat cyborg. We don't Maybe. see any other cyborgs. I guess you're right. I guess we... The other ones were all mutants. They were all they were all mutants, weren't they? Yes. Hmm. The only one that was robotic, robotically enhanced was the gorilla. So then my question is... No, because I guess we get the backstories for all those other characters in the earlier episodes... I was just say, did the doctor create those people too? But no, like the vaccine man had his own story. Even the car dude had his own story. That we didn't hear. It's just a weird fucking show. Have you seen the backstory for what, what's the the blonde guy's name? Genos or whatever? Is that the uh, yeah. yes? He goes into an episode two. It's actually one of the funniest jokes from an episode. He just goes on and on for about a good seven minutes, and the entire time Saitama is just getting more and more uncomfortable and angry because he doesn't <laughs> want to hear the story and he doesn't care. And that's when he tells uh, he tells in episode two. He missed it. Um, Saitama screams like, just tell me in 20 words or less, which is why now Gino's is learning from him. It's a callback to that last episode. Nice, nice. It's pretty good. So we cut to the House of Evolution, where Dr. Genus and his clones assess their situation and decide it's time to use their trump card. (gasps) That that, that was their reaction. Yeah, that was. (laughs) they, They all gasped dramatically. And their trump card is apparently a Pokemon. Okay. Okay, That that was... Uh, Mega Evolution Heracross? Is that what we're Oh, about? I was thinking of like, well, then his name is Carnage Kabuto. Something like Kabutops. He, he, he does not look like Kabutops. He does all. not. But like he, but there's a, there's somewhat of a similarity with the, uh, with the like armored plates and the bug-esque sort of aspect. Well, yeah, to it. but the Heracross is a rhinoceros. The, he, yes, yes. Like, literally. Quite literally. But either way. Hey, remember that video game Bloody Roar? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought. That's... I made the joke while we were watching it. <laughs> I missed that. I missed that video game. I want to play that again. I wish uh, they'd make a new one that was good. That the was last a... one they made was crap. When was the last one? Three, which was basically just a remake of two. There was no new characters, no new moves or anything, and uh... the game actually worked less well. Oh, that's sad. I always liked the mole, and uh... the mole was good. I think the tiger was my favorite. There one. was a female like that moved. Like, I can't remember what, what what animal she was based off. That she was like really really fast. The rabbit. The rabbit. Yes, I love the rabbit. She was very good. I can't remember what my character even was in that game. I remember me and you having some epic fights tiger on tiger, because there were the two different tiger characters. Yeah, yeah you did play a tiger character quite a bit in that one. Yeah. Well, other than that, I can't remember which character you used. And I played literally everyone, because that was when I was really into the fighting games. Mm-hmm. and Playing with your feet? Playing with my feet and winning. 
If you're a fan of Bloody Roar and you're listening to this podcast, uh, let us know your favorite Bloody Roar character and we'll, we'll, we'll read it off on a future episode. Fan participation! Yeah! So, another thing I really like about this is that the clones are all wearing the same shirt, but just with a different number on it. Yes. Yeah. Pretty ridiculous. Well, I mean, if you're all clones, how are you going to tell each other apart? <sighs> I guess. In different color hats? Yeah, yes. I mean, that would... There's only so many colors. Yeah. Colors are a spectrum, Bill. There are many different colors. Yeah, but it's easier to tell a seven from an eight than a... <laughs> Sorry, that was weird. All right. That was weird. <laughs> Genus Act. Let me pull that back in here real quick. <laughs> you'd, have to, you'd have to, like, do it by the lab value. Right. Um, at which point you're still doing just a line of numbers. That's, yeah. No, that's true. Because you can't physically discern. Mm-hmm. There's all different shades of green. <laughs> huh. It's turning into very... Brave New World. Uh, Genus activates traps on all the floors of his elaborate building, saying that Kabuto will be their last chance, their last resort. Uh, but the floor should slow down or stop these people. Yep. Levels so, 1 through 8. 1 through yep. 8. Yep. He's Very nice. important. We'll come back to that in a moment. So we cut back to the heroes who are running toward the House of Evolution, to which Gino notes how silly it is that they're running the entire way. <laughs> He's like, must we run the entire way? As he Naruto runs. Yep. Yeah. Like, full on, hunched over, arms backward. He assumed he could fly. Yeah. Yeah, he says, why aren't you flying? To which Saitama says, humans don't fly, silly. Humans can't do that. <laughs> that's not that's not thing humans can do. Love it. So good. So they arrive, and Saitama counts the stories of the building. Eight in total. And then Genos just blows up the entire building and surrounds That was amazing. <laughs> it was so good. I love, the timing of that was great because uh, Saitama's literally counting them out. One, one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, so it's an eight-story concrete building. I think we can kaboom. <laughs> and then the building's just erased. Destroys it. Just done. It's gone. Well, Saitama's a little annoyed because like he wanted to see what was going to be on those levels. Right, yeah. He's like, yeah. now I'm not going to get to find out. Yeah, right. exactly. I'll never know. It's almost like there was a, a blue door and a silver door. I, it's, and I was going to say... wanted to know what was in the blue door. Was, I was going to say, it's like your D&D game this last time. <laughs> <laughs> when we lost Bill's character, because I needed to see what was behind the door. His would've, soul no longer It would have haunted me for the rest of my days. I'm sorry, Bill. And now I'm a book. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> there's a sentence that, again, has never been said, I think, probably. Uh, so... As they're wandering through the carnage, they find a basement opening, which you noted, and you giggled immensely, Thurk. <laughs> yeah, he like it's like a three-inch steel plate, and he just kind of picks it up by the corner and peels it back like the lid of a Pringles can. <laughs> which, <laughs> yeah. which is also interesting that they set up the the traps going up the tower, when mm-hmm. all the important stuff is actually in the basement. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But I don't remember seeing a door on the ground floor, so maybe they would have had to climb the tower and then work their way from the top down. Maybe. Maybe that was the thought. It's possible, yeah. But maybe they thought he could fly, so he'd land on the the roof. Right. I mean, if you're an anime character and you're super powerful, why why aren't you flying, dude? Really, Saitama, get your shit together. That's true. That's true. So we cut underground. uh, To the sounds of screaming and gunfires, one of the clones faces off against a monstrous man with a stag beetle head, spikes on his arms, and armored plates on his back. This is Carnage Kabuto that we talked about earlier on. What do you guys think of this villain? Because, again, one of the interesting things about this anime is that, like things that are in similar genres, there's Monsters of the Week. They go all out, sometimes visually, with the creativity, with the differentiation, with just the impressiveness of these villains, despite the fact that you know, in your heart of hearts, that they're going to get punched once and get get turned into complete goo. What do you guys think about the design of this particular character? I was a little uncomfortable with some of the uh, facial features they gave him. Yeah, we let's start there, I guess. Yeah, let's start yeah, there. Yeah. We need we need to talk about that a little. We bit, We definitely I guess. should address this. Nothing new. We've talked about it in anime. In anime before, and I don't know this is what they were going for necessarily, but he definitely had the uh, the African American features that anime characters have that are exaggerated. Yeah. Um, and I think that was kind of their intention. So, um, if wh- you could... for what purpose, though? Why do you think that they were going for this intention with this character, then? Is it because it's sa- satire and they're trying to point it out, or are they falling into this trope as well? Because, you know, he is the bad guy. I don't have a good answer for that. Um, I don't think I do either. I guess uh, I could be generous and say maybe they're doing that with satire. Um, because you find out in the second season there is a, a character... You find out in the second season there's a character who is a part of the Hero Association, actually, an S-Class hero, uh, drawn with very similar features. Okay. Uh, called Super Alloy Darkshine. 
Okay. The fact that even his name is Super Ally Darkshine. Yeah. And he's really just like an oily bodybuilder type. Right. I'm going to give him a bit of a doubt and say it was satire. Okay. But I don't... Okay. I don't know for sure, though. Or, you know what? We This anime has done it to us before. Animes in general have done it to us before. Where they could be referencing something that we don't know. Oh, That's absolutely. True. That is very you know, true. None of and us... I'm sure Yada will let us know when we... When we uh... Don't pick up on the reference here. None of us knew that, like, Ann Pan Man was even a thing, or what, My uh, Kill Man? Yeah. Yeah, the, the Virus Man analog. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, which I had missed in my research. And So uh, it might be totally, or it might just be totally innocent, and I'm reading too much into it. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's a unique, it's a unique look, either way. I mean, taking and, that part out, just looking at, you know, like, taking the idea of the stag beetle, like, that's pretty cool. Uh, with a big horn and like like that's that's kind of kind of nifty, right? Like his general rhinoceros aesthetic. beetle. Yes, right. Sorry, rhinoceros beetle. Stag beetles are the ones that have like the serrated. Okay, yeah, like pincers. Okay. I, but, I don't know my beetles apparently. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what is it? Entomology. Yeah, I, I like the general aesthetic of the character. Uh, he he looks brutish and and tough, which is what he is. And he specifically says to Genus when he's talking to him earlier, "I'm much stronger and much smarter than you are, so you should be taking orders from me." Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I like the general design of the character. He looks imposing. He does. The it, tongue stuff is weird. The tongue stuff is weird, yeah. So in this in this interaction, we learn a lot more about him and his connection to the doctor. The doctor asks if he was satisfied for killing his clones, if he's had enough, I guess, to eat or something, you know, or to, to I think to he destroy. just enjoyed killing them. Yeah. I, again, I'm getting Vasha Stampede vibes here. I'm getting, like, uh... Monev? Monev. Yeah, like, huh? Yeah, the Gale and, yeah. uh, and, uh, what's-his-face... Um, Legato, Legato, yep. right? Uh, who eventually lets him out and says, "Like you're going to take on and defeat Vash the Stampede." We get almost basically the exact same thing here. Right. It, it made me think of that quite a bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. He says that this guy, this and, uh, Kabuto guy, is too unstable. And not to jump in. Sorry, not no, to you're fine. Interrupt too. And what did what happened when they let Monev out? What did Vash do? He tapped into a whole another level of right, angry and pissed off and which and ca- is capable. Not necessarily what we get here. It's no, kind I, of... No, that's what I'm drawing. I'm, yeah. I'm distinctly drawing the difference. The, right, um, the distinction of a satire you know, when When this happened in Trigun... Yeah. It was... It was a huge deal. It was a huge deal that pushed Vash into another level. And it's not here. It's not here. Right, as we'll see. Yep. Very clearly. The Doctor says that this guy is way too unstable, but yet he still is the strongest thing that he's created here at the House of Evolution. And Kabuto says something about how not only how strong he is, but how intelligent... He is, but then, as we mentioned, like starts sticking out his tongue all crazily and weirdly, and I don't know if I buy the intellect thing. I do, but I'm I'm firmly believing that uh, there's a level of intellect in which you start to go crazy because well, that's possible. At very least, they're they're two separate things, right? That's fair. I could see that. Uh, he then says the Doc and his clone should obey him, like we mentioned, right? And then the Doctor says to himself that Kabuto is a failure due to his lack of empathy. Lack of humanity. Lack of oh, humanity. no, he says humanity, doesn't he? Says humanity, okay. specifically. Okay. Got it. He says while Kabuto's scratching his ass. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he reaches around and just kind of digs his hand right up in there. Every time I say Kabuto, I'm trying really hard not to say Kabapu from uh, Excel Saga. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it's kind of hard for you to say Kabapu. It almost was very difficult for me to say Kabapu. Uh, words are hard. They, words are hard. I'm off duty. <sighs> duty. This is when he says, hey, you need to take out Saitama and Genos and bring them back to me. For research, and I love that the picture they show is them with Saitama picking his nose with his pinky finger. Uh, yep, <laughs> yep. It's such a weird image. Uh, speaking of them, we go back to the good guys, and Saitama starts to uncharacteristically get excited to, for this fight. You know, right. kind of says like, "This is a really long hallway. I really, it's really kind of pumping me up." Yeah, yeah. He's yep. getting getting kind of pumped. Only big boss fights happen at the ends of long hallways, and this is when Genos recognizes that some life forms are headed their way. It took me three viewings of this episode to realize that it's not just Kabuto that's running and barreling down the hallway. He's actually carrying the doctor in his hand. Yep. Did yeah. not notice it until the third viewing that yep. that was what was going on. Um, and he barrels through Saitama and Genos, to which Genos gets smashed into a wall. Yeah, he's like, oh, the run on the right's important? All right, the left one I don't need. Wow. Yep. Uh, Saitama says, you just turned Genos into a piece of bad modern art. Let's fight. Yep. Such a weird sentence. Yeah. So weird. 
So they head off to a big room to fight. I'm getting, like, vibes of, like, the danger room right. from the X-Men. They have and then... a, a combat examination room or something. Yeah, yeah. it's, like, just, just completely, like, clinically white uh, and cubed. and mm-hmm. It very much looks like a padded room in an insane asylum, only huge. Yeah, I, it's basically that. Uh, and speaking of the fight, before it can even start, Genos returns with a massive gout of flame. He wants to take this guy on yep. himself. Uh, they fight for a while, a lot of fancy quick moves from Genos, who flies around with his fiery blasts. He uses machine gun blows, his special move, I guess. <laughs> uh, but it doesn't do anything. Kabuto sends him spiraling off, and Saitama calmly tells him, Hey, your face is smashed up. Maybe you shouldn't push yourself too hard. Genos throws one final fire blast, but gets blocked by Kabuto's breath. Yep. Yeah, uh, he, he literally does the Superman back. blowing it, just then the fire blast just goes Sen- away. Sends it right back. And, man, that afro. Now, I was going to ask there, too. Did he get his hair damaged and it's all puffed out? Or did, like, it melt the plastic in his head and it bubbled and boiled? I thought it was more of the first. I Like a weird humidity thing? Like, that's yeah. kind of what I took it as, too. Eventually, but my, my initial knee-jerk reaction was, like, that he melted his, like, his head was, like, bubbling out and was plastic. Either way, do you think that his name is Gino Sheen and he keeps his afro dirty? Whoa. <laughs> he kind of reminds me of Nabashin in this scene. He really nope. does. Saitama <laughs> so says that Kabuto had gotten his hopes up, unfortunately, um, and this is when we get our break card. The break card! <laughs> Welcome to the break card. My name is Andy, and man, I'm tired. It's late, and I've started back to work, which is why we didn't get an episode out last week. But hey, you're here for another episode of Tuning Japanese, a podcast where we're talking about all kinds of anime, including One Punch Man. And uh, wow, what an interesting series this has been so far. I just want to take a minute to say thank you, as always, to everyone for taking the time to listen. Thank you for supporting us, whether that's leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes or wherever it is that you listen to our episodes, or whether it's going to our Patreon at patreon.com slash tuningjapanese to donate as little as $1 a month for all kinds of great bonus content. And just thank you so much for telling people about the show and... Man, I would go in so much detail right now on the break card, but I really want to keep this one short. Just wanted to say thank you. You guys are great, and let's just get right back into our review. I don't want to take too long, and and let's talk about the rest of this completely bonkers, crazy episode of One Punch Man. Back from the break card, the doctor... Barely alive after being dragged down the hallway by right. freaking Kabuto. Gives us more flashbacks information back when he was 15 or something like that, wanting to create a utopia. So instead he wants to create a whole army of just himself because he's the superior genetic specimen or something. Something, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he rambles on and on until he nearly passes out. But then he is brought back to life by Satama's gloriously bald head that keeps him going because he has the secret to genetic power. So we get part two of the fight. The doctor revels in watching, quote, the archaic human processes fail against his evolutionary creation. Saitama steps up to Kabuto, hoping that he isn't like anyone else that he faced earlier in the day. Because remember, episode two happened the same day. Right, yep. As what's happening here in this episode. All in the same day. Which in itself is a bit of a trope. I think in Dragon Ball Z a lot, where like, Yep. The same day is stretched across. We have five minutes for this to happen. Three yep. episodes later. Yep, pretty much. Yeah. That's that's kind of how I see it. Kabuto shows off his superhuman speed, but then retreats when he realizes that Saitama could have killed him. Which yep. is... Like, Saitama didn't do anything either. Yeah. No. Like, he didn't even turn his head. He didn't look at him. I think, anything. I think that's what scared him. Is because like, he even makes the comment. He doesn't like, react. He, he's leaving himself completely open. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah he's, well, he also has his instincts. Yeah. Yeah. His he's got, in- like, a danger sense. Yeah. Like a bug sen- bugs have danger sense? Yeah. Is that true? <laughs> is this a bird hat thing? I mean, Spider-Man has a spider sense. Okay, that's fair. There there have been studies about how uh, uh, flies uh, dodge out of the way. Like, you know how you can't smack a fly when, uh-huh. you, when you try to do that? The, the, uh, they have the, a preternatural... They have, it's not preternatural. They, well, they have studied their reflex bugger times. natural. And uh, <laughs> the hairs on their legs allow them to sense 
uh, disturbances in the air pressure. Oh, yes, of <laughs> yeah, course. In the force. But uh, disturbances in the air pressure. Interesting. Like, literally before a human would ever even think of... Their, their nerve sensors are so fast that mm-hmm. it's almost precognition. That's cool. Which is why you clap above them. They try to... Right. They try to escape and they fire up in your hands. Right. Huh! That's interesting. I'm learning so many new things about bugs today <laughs> that I never knew before. <laughs> Oh, where are we in my notes? I don't even know. Bug science. Bug science. I need to come into these things with like bird hat stuff, like oh, prepared, no. so I can really fuck with them. <laughs> yeah, you really. Well, bird hat. Yeah, bird hat stuff is just lies. I know. That's what I'm saying. I need to come in like prepared for that kind of thing because really I, lies. I, I can't. I can't make that shit up. Like that, 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 <laughs> science is too weird for me to make it up. Science is fucking weird. That's a skill I have is making up crazy shit on the fly. It's very true. Yeah. So we get a shot of Saitama with crazy, shaken, drawn lines, the intense lines, yep. but my favorite thing from the entire episode, because there's all that intensity, but it's just his dumbfounded look on his face. <laughs> He's just there, like a doofus. He's being like, like, what? His like, mouth hanging open. Like, what is happening? <laughs> Fucking Caillou over here. Is, is this the part where he finally has enough of the bullshit, or is this before the fight starts? This is before the fight officially starts. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... Kabuto demands to know how he got so strong, and this is where Saitama decides he's going to tell everyone. This is where Dr. Genus shows up, too, and Saitama's like, who are you? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even write that down, I forgot about that. Yeah, Yeah, he just shows up, and he's like, wait a minute, who are you? Right, like, are you important? He has no idea. You don't have a name tag, what's going on here? Pretty much. So everyone is going to get this information. Genus, Genos, Kabuto, we're going to find out. This is the big reveal of the anime, of how he gets his power. Are you ready? For this description. For three whole years, he's kept up a dedicated training regimen of 100 sit-ups, 100 push-ups, 100 squats, and a 10K run. Every single day. And don't forget to have three meals a day. Only a banana for breakfast. So he says that's fine. Yeah. He's a, he's a, only a banana for breakfast. It's fine. It's fine. You can have You can have more. But a banana is fine if you're worried about having too much for breakfast. Especially if they've got that two-for-one banana sale. Right. <laughs> telling you. That's all I want. Uh, one and a half years later, he was bald and stronger. Yep. He went through everything. The training, the not turning on his air conditioner or, heat or heater in the winter and the, and the that summer. That's part of the training. That is part of the training. It makes his mind strong. Yes. He says, in other words, you have to train like hell until your hair falls out. That's the only way to become truly strong. And it will make your nose bleed and (laughs) make you want to die. Yep, pretty much. So that's it. That's the power of humans because they can change themselves, which actually is kind of a deep line, like by itself. Yeah. If not wedded to this ridiculous moment. Yeah. Like, yeah. is actually really deep, which adds to the absurdity of the I whole thing. I think that's the absurdity. <sighs> that, that transcends even this anime. Like, that's a, a theme throughout many different shows, and even yeah. yep. tabletop RPGs is yeah. humans I, are adaptable, and that's what makes them special. I, yeah. I think that's part of the satire. I absolutely yeah. agree with you on that. Yeah. So, no one believes him. Especially Genos. Calls him out on his bullshit immediately. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, that's so full of crap. Full of crap. <laughs> Kabuto gives in and decides he's going to go into his final form. Which is this crazy blue-green hulking monster with a massive horn on the front. Yeah. Kind of got like, like, like an Evangelion. Oh, yeah, because like, they, the, they get the danger, the, like, the glaring. Green. Yeah, the pur- well, the purple-green. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Even even the shape of his head after this yeah. is like the, the head shape of Evangelion uh-huh. in, the, in the later episodes. Yep. Yeah, and, and, and this tied in with the, the war room or the danger room or whatever, like, freaking out. Like, it reminds me of an Evangelion episode whenever the, the Avas showed up. Or not the Avas, but the, uh, the angels showed up. Mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely very similar. I much more approve of this character design, by the way. I like this but, one better than the first. Yeah, it, 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 it's more streamlined. It's it's cooler. Yeah, right. I like it. Yeah, it's less gritty, but like more. But I think that's probably the intention, right? Yeah. Like the other one was like his standard everyday form, and this is like super badass, right? Yeah. Well, what, what what do they call it? His carnage mode. Yes. yes. Yep. So he goes crazy. He starts punching Saitama around, claiming that his rage will last one week, all the way until next Saturday. Keep that in mind, that's very important. Right. So, (laughs) while being pummeled, Saitama comes to a chilling realization. Something that rocks him to his core, his moral center. He has fucked up. He's made a giant mistake, a deadly mistake. He finds out that today is Saturday. Because a week from Saturday means that today is Saturday, which means that he's going to miss out on the big sale 
at the supermarket. He thought it was Friday. Yeah, which is why he came today instead of waiting until tomorrow. Yeah. So it comes full circle. That little minor detail <laughs> at the beginning of the episode becomes so important here. So Saitama just gets rage angry and punches the dude to goo. Yeah, half his body just explodes into pudding. Yep. Drops <laughs> to his knees, laments the loudest of lamentations. I screwed up! I missed the sale, I screwed up! Genos is quick to console him and remind him, hey, if we leave now... <laughs> he comes over, he's like... He wraps his arms around his shoulder, like, pats him on the... We've got four hours, it doesn't close until ten. Yeah. <laughs> if we leave now, we can get there, and you can still get your sale. <laughs> to which Saitama goes, Really? And then immediately punches a gigantic hole in the wall. <laughs> he just like dark dork runs out of the room. It's, it's like a hundred feet of solid stone. He just like punches a hole because he needs to go get that just for one banana. Really, Him yeah. doing the dork run away and then Gino's like jumps up and just follows after him. <laughs> yeah, they just leave the doctor alone who is like, I guess I'm done. I guess this is where I stop doing my genetic experience. Yep, I'm going to have to change. Yeah, yeah. He just gives up on super villainy. Yep, and we get our closing theme. And our after credit scene, where a group of government officials are scouring over the remains of the House of Evolution, saying that they know the young cyborg is the one to be held responsible. Yep. That's pretty much it. That's episode three of One Punch Man, the Obsessive Scientist. So this is the part where we talk about our thoughts on the episode, and since that's my review, I'll start. I think it's better than the last episode. I don't know if it's if it's as good as the first episode. I, I again, I'm thrown off by what the hell is going on here. <laughs> Every time I think I've, I'm finally grasping, this is where the story is going. The villains and the and the narrative just is done. They just just halt it. Like it's yep. it's right, over. Right, because there's no hook right now. There's no hook. Like it's good. And, it, that's a good and a bad thing. It's good because comedically it makes a lot of sense. It's bad because I kind of want a hook. Right. <laughs> so. You know, I, I did enjoy this episode immensely. I, I laughed out loud the entire time at the absurdity. The first time I watched when he's talking about his powers and where he has powers from. Uh-huh. Like, I am legitimately cracking up. Well, it was his intensity. Because he didn't just say, yeah, I do 100 squats, 100 push Yeah. 100 no, squats! He treated, 100 push-ups! You have to do it every single day, no matter how painful it is. Yeah, it's so fucking like, funny. He believes deep right. in his heart that he is doing something special. Yeah. It's yeah. so fucking funny. Huh. So that is uh that is kind of where, you know, I got a lot of my joy out of this episode is just how hilarious and weird right. it can be, in all honesty. So I enjoyed it quite a bit. Bill, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, I brought this anime and so if I didn't enjoy the first what half Apple. dozen episodes, I wouldn't have brought it and finished mm-hmm. it. So obviously I like this episode. I like, again, I mean, they masterfully take all these tropes that we're used to seeing and just turn them on their head. It's really kind of masterful. I agree. And I just love even the bad guy isn't even defeated. He just, like, goes... Because the hero doesn't know the, who the mastermind is. Uh-huh. Doesn't care. He's just like, oh. Just want them two-for-one bananas. Yeah, well, none of that. It's like, <laughs> here's, a, here's a strong thing for me to fight. I fought it. Oh, you have a boss or a builder or whatever? I don't care. Right. Punching and, him won't bring me any joy. Yeah. And then so he just, but then the bad guy is still resolved because he just gives up. And we see that again in the next episode too, which we'll talk about next week. But um, this idea of someone who should be this big villain, like, ends up just escaping. Yeah. And just like, I'm just, I'm just going to live a life now, or a formed life. Thurk, thoughts on the episode? Uh, yeah, I like it. This this is kind of uh, the epitome of what I like in anime. Uh, it's, it's comedy, it's action, uh, it's well drawn, there's a lot of... Uh, stark contrast in the scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one scene you were talking about where Saitama's uh, outlined in all kind of a fuzzy drawing and then his face is just like a stark, stupid expression. Um, that kind of artwork is exactly what I love about anime is even within the same show, you can get so many different styles of drawing. That, right. And they're not just thrown in for whatever reason. Like, they're, they're stylistic narrative choices and it all fits together in such a way to make a really powerful story, even in something as ridiculous as One Punch Man. So, I mean, this is the epitome of what I love about anime. And a lot of the shows I would I would think the worst of, but whenever I do see something that I'm like, ah, that's questionable, I'm like, ah, maybe that was a choice. I have yeah. enough faith in them that was a choice right. to comment on X thing. Yeah. Yes. Um, one other minor detail, I, it just occurred to me as you were talking, mm-hmm. um, because it's something you said. The design, the style choices, the colors... Uh, you notice the powered up carnage mode Kabuto? His color scheme was an 
total inversion of Saitama's. Okay. Purple's complementary to yellow, green like, is complementary ah, to red, right? right. And then the black tone, the black details to the white cape. Right. Yeah. So right. really, visually, he was built up to be anti-Saitama, yep. you know. 100%. Absolutely. That's really cool. I like those little attention to details mm-hmm. that they do, so. And again, I have all the faith in the world that was intentional. Oh, I'm oh, sure it was. for sure. 100% Definitely. sure it was. Yeah. These first six or eight episodes, man, they, they, they sucker you in over and over again with like, yeah. now we're going to get a story started and here's a villain. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> now we're going to get the story started and here's a villain. Well, nope. We'll see if next week we get a villain um, as we review episode four, The Modern Ninja. Uh, spoiler, not my favorite of the episodes so far, but we'll talk more about that. We'll talk more about that next week. Fair enough. Uh, but until then, Thurk. Yeah. You want to get us out of here, man? Sure. Thank you for listening to Tuning Japanese, a podcast where three dudes in their 30s talk about anime. I'm Thurk, and I'm still just trying to sound cool, man. I didn't really think this one through, did I? No. My name's Andy. And in Japanese, my name is a combination of the words for shell, field trip, and the Sanskrit word of ohm. I'm Bill. That is false. And we will see you next time. Bye. I should have been a little about Simeon, huh? Thanks for listening to Tuning Japanese. For more information, visit our website, tuningjapanese.com, like our Facebook at facebook.com slash tuningjapanese, and follow our Twitter at tuningjapanese. You can also get a hold of the show by sending us an email at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. Check out our YouTube channel and our new series, Tuning RPG, by searching for Tuning Japanese or Tuning RPG on youtube.com. Please help support the show by going to iTunes and leaving a five-star rating and review. You can also go to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese to get all kinds of bonus content and help support the show monetarily. Seriously, be like these great patrons. Superfan Matt, Brian Nash, and Cameron Baer. So you want to know as well? Okay, fine. Genos, you listen carefully too. Wait, you mean he's going to tell us right now? The secret to his amazing power? I want to know as well. Huh? Who are you? I am Genus. Huh? Fine, whatever. Listen up. No, it is too risky. He must not let them know his secret. First, what's important is to make sure you really stick to this intense training regimen. Wait a minute. Not modification surgery or genetic enhancement? Just training? What training? Listen, Genos. You have to keep doing it. No matter how difficult it gets. It took me a full three years to get this strong. 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, and 100 squats! Then a 10-kilometer run! Do it every single day!